Welcome back for episode two of the Hello Future podcast. This time I'm joined with Joe Reed, whom I first met when he chose ICT as an option at A-level. Fast forward 11 years and Joe is now successfully running his own full service digital agency, Wise Digital, based in Leicester. In this episode, Joe discusses how he made the transition from being an employee to an employer and why passion, unity and adaptability have been the secret to his success. All right, so I really appreciate you joining me today. I'm keen to know how you've got to where you are now from when I met you, which was in sixth form in school. Just want to really know about your experiences and how you have gone about setting up your own business. So if you can just give the listeners an overall summary of who you are and what you do, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So as of today, my name is Joe. I have currently run an e-commerce agency called Wise Digital. So we specifically focus on working with e-commerce companies or companies that are looking to sort of step into their e-commerce as a new zone. So that could be a product company that used to sell in trade. And then we help them step onto the online platform and start selling through that. Yeah, we help them from building their website to advertising their products, to reporting on how well their sales are doing and sort of helping them grow through that journey. So that's sort of what I'm up to at the moment. Brilliant. So it's kind of like you you can do everything for them in terms of like their online presence and their e-commerce business. You can just like set it up and get them going. Yeah, that's the idea is, yeah, we do a lot of the transactional stuff. So everything from their the Google ads, Facebook ads to the more nitty gritty of like setting up their shopping carts on their e-commerce store. That's awesome. So this is your business, right? That you've set this up yourself. What made you decide I want to go off and do this on my own and set up my own business? Yeah, I don't know really. Like I, I always reflect back on that. I think I've always just had, if I, if I go proper deep, it's, it's probably back to my uh, mum, who's like a, a classic entrepreneur, like a million ideas that she's trying all at the same time. And I think that's sort of did in me like, growing up. Like I'd seen that in just like the excitement of it, a bit of the carnage of it as well, I suppose. So I, I think like I always knew that that might happen at some point, but I just never really knew what it would be like what what that business would be uh, so i think i just went through a lot of yeah a lot of the journey of like school and university and careers to sort of really start to find my passion in what i actually wanted to do in the business world and i know outside the business world uh, for, i can remember from when i met you you were really into parkour you showed me some videos and i was like this, this is unbelievable you're doing some like, incredible stuff and I recall at the time in school, you were really pushing for a park to be built in rugby, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so can you just sort of like tell, I, I don't know what influence that had on you starting up the business, but if you can tell everyone a little bit about the parkour side of things and what you did yeah. to get this park up and running. Yeah, it's quite interesting because we knew each other I suppose it was like 11 12 years ago which is kind of when I just started so I was like really fired up about parkour and free running and just like the whole that was a very new time for that sport as well yeah <laughs> it was quite an interesting um unfolding really like I started doing parkour and just in the rugby community and we got a lot of attention from like the town security I suppose is how it all started and they all obviously were jumping around on all of their structures and walls and stuff like that so we ended up getting quite friendly with them often with them moving on us on to different places of the town but through that like we built up a few connections in the council and started to talk a bit more seriously about what we were doing how we could work together so that we could still 
do our sport without you know whilst working with them and what you know what they needed from us and <laughs> what we couldn't jump on essentially and that ended up with a meeting with the mayor of rugby and the arts council which is where the funding came from and we essentially put together our ideas as a community of what we'd like to build and yeah over, over the course of maybe two to three years we managed to get the funding we were involved in the design process of this parkour park uh, for people to train on and yeah eventually it, it become a real thing and the construction happened and it's still there today that's that's awesome you've mentioned during that nation that this is something you're passionate about something that you came up with ideas and you went had to speak to lots of people and go through all that planning phase and i guess that's skills of transferable aren't they to what you're doing now so from going through that process did you think oh i can do this this is something that i could maybe do for my business or did that not come into it or like how does that feed into what you're doing now yeah i think it definitely gave me the con- confidence more than anything about like being able to you know speak with these people that had the power to make these decisions and act on funding and you know bring things to life and and it was hard work as well just sort of a lot of you know being like 17 suddenly having to manage loads and loads of email chains with uh you know all sorts of people in different departments and push why our ideas were better than an external contractors and i think the just the whole process of that was a very sort of yeah business business like i suppose um mm. and, and that sort of and they were very supportive like everyone we worked with the council where they had the same vision that we did they really wanted to get us involved and it just i think it made the whole like business world less daunting so it's like oh these, you know everyone's working together they're trying to achieve something they value our ideas and you know as long as we put the work in and the time in to concept something and prove why it's a good idea then they're they're on board and they can work with us to make it happen and that's pretty much what we do now i suppose is we'll come into a project and we'll share our thoughts on it we have to justify why we think they're a good idea and then we work together to build it so i think like all of those little intricacies of like being involved in a project like that just apply over and over again nowadays yeah, definitely. So what what I'm really sort of also keen to know is from when you're in school, so as I said, I met you in sixth form and you were doing an IT course at, was it A? Did you start at AS level? I can't remember if you continued yeah. it into A level. Look. Yeah, I think I did continued you, it all the way through. Yeah. Um, so you did that and then it was kind of like, right, time to choose what I want to go to university and do. So if you could just sort of explain... How, where, how you got then from sort of school to, to where you are now and what jobs you did or like what how you were influenced on your path yeah yeah like, like you say it's this, it's this strange hybrid of uh, parkour and uh, business and IT that sort of got me to where I am now I suppose so in AS I think I finished my second year of A levels um I was doing a lot of parkour. I, was, I essentially wanted to be a stuntman at that moment of time because I was like really into like all of the movie side of it and just the idea of being able to move. Um, and I got a couple of jobs and then I broke my ankle like right at the end of just finishing a second year of A-levels, making that decision around whether to go to uni or not. And yeah, I, I fell quite a big <laughs> drop um, as I was out on a job and it completely shattered my ankle um which kind of limited my options on going out into the stuntman world (laughs) quite a bit 
Um, and so yeah, that sort of made me reevaluate the decisions I was making at that time. And I decided, well, I'm, you know, really interested in computers and IT. I always have been. Like, we, I think we embarked on a mini website project as part of the A levels. Um, mm. The whole business world was really, really exciting to me. And that's sort of when I decided, you know, I can sit here and wait for my ankle to heal or I can go to uni and start to build another skill and sort of. I headed off to De Montfort University, which is where I did marketing and management. So it's a, sort of a nice mix of the creative and the, the business that like subjects. Mm -hmm. And yeah, did a fair few years over at DMU. Cool. So tell me then about, so you've, you've done your degree. Yep. And then it's kind of, because I, I can remember what it feels like, you've done your degree and it's like, oh, what do I do now? Do Because a lot of companies, when you look at their advertisements for jobs, it's like, oh, um, yeah, you need to know this, this, and this, which you might be able to go, yeah, tick, tick, tick. Uh, but you also need that experience as well. And that's kind of a bit like, oh, well, I need a job to, to get the experience. So what did you do once you'd finished university? What was the plan? Yeah, yeah. So I think the, I kind of did some bits along the way whilst I was at university. I, um... Well, I, I did a couple of years as a chef. So that was my first career. Like whilst I was at sixth form and in my early years of university, I was I was a pizza and pasta chef at an Italian restaurant. Uh, so I did that for a few years, and then come my third year of uni, I got a job at the university in sports management. So that was sort of a little bit closer to what I wanted to do. It was more project management for different sports, and and that was my first real kind of office job uh, so I did a year there um, at the university whilst I was doing my degree and I think from that I started to think a little bit more about different career paths and whether I wanted to work in-house or for an agency um, but I quite like yeah. that's the idea of probably that entrepreneurial spirit of spinning a few plates because I like to put the idea of working at an agency and being on you know one project one day and a different project another day and having that sort of Know, real diversity in work mm -hmm. so did a lot of research into different agencies that I might like to work for and I think what what helped me to make that shift was I I made a creative CV <laughs> uh, so so towards the end of my third year I uh, used uh, Illustrator I think Adobe Illustrator to create okay like a, basically what was an infographic which were really popular at the time so like statistics of Mm -hmm. my journey to date and different things that I've been working on um I created a mini blog of my sort of view of the the digital world and, and sort of a couple of blog posts on my findings in social media and stuff like that and put a QR code on the um creative CV and then that was what I, I sent out into all of the recruitment platforms I, I put out my yeah, creative CV rather than my standard CV Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think I was, I was very fortunate. I got an, I got a call from someone that, that found that, and they had an agency over in rugby, and it sort of snowballed from there. I had an opportunity to go in for an interview off the back of them seeing this little creative PDF that I put together. Oh, brilliant! So, what job did you get then from that recruitment agency? What sort of stuff were you doing? Yeah, so my technically my role was what they called back then, and you won't find these jobs around anymore. What are they called link builders. So I was specifically in the SEO, search engine optimization department um, of quite a large agency who delivered these SEO campaigns. Mm -hmm. This was back when like SEO was a little bit more dodgy. So it, it, as an industry, it started off very, very, very dodgy and people would try and hack their way to the top of Google. 
And as yeah. well, it's, you know, as Google creates some more governance, it's getting more and more of a sort of less hacky place to work. Uh, but I, I stepped yeah. in in that bridge essentially when, when the industry was changing. So I got a job as a link builder, which is someone who would go to a blogger, for example, and try and get a company featured on that blog. So if we had a client in the heating industry, I might try and go out to a DIY blog and sort of say, we've got this client, would you like to work together on an article? And then essentially that would create a link from the blog through to the heating client. And that link would be seen by Google, which would help that client to rank a little bit higher in the results. And then we did that process at scale. So we had a thousand clients and our, our, our process was to manage lots of different bloggers and magazines and clients and find ways to connect them to each other. So that was sort of my, my first role was to what eventually become PR or digital PR where you, where you'd sort of li liaise mm. with a lot of, um, editors and, and clients and do creative work in collaboration with each other. Oh, nice. That, that's really interesting because, uh, as you said, I, I know where uh, you could kind of sort of try and hack Google's uh, ranking algorithm whereby as you say, like you just get links to other websites with, with content on it, kind of Google saw it at that point, didn't it? It's like, it was like that's, oh, that, there's another little tick, there's another little tick, and the, the site had the more ticks. It kind of thought, oh, this must be more relevant. So this is probably what you're looking for. So obviously Google's uh, algorithm's changing all the time and it's getting clever and clever. So how has that changed? Does that, does that not work anymore? Do you need a different tact for doing sort of the SEO thing now how has that changed yeah you had that yeah job? and that's it's probably like it was, it was a, a really nice moment in my career as well because i could see the shift was happening really quickly and, and people were to, that participated in the dodgy way of doing it started to dip down and everyone that was doing it in the right way started to go up so the, the real shifts were a, a couple of algorithms that google rolled out essentially that started to understand a couple of things in more detail so one of them was context so if there's a link between one website and another, like the context of where that link is and it, why it's been placed there is almost as important as the fact that the link exists. So for example, if someone put <laughs> in, the, in the very old days, a white link on a white background, just for the sake of having it there, like that would be instantly mm. recognized as spam. Or if someone's got a link in the footer of a website, or in the sidebar of a website, it's it's not in the context of the page. Like the page exists to educate someone about something. So if the link doesn't exist in the main part of that, um, then that was quite an important shift. And then there was some more quality signal algorithms that started to understand the context. So if someone had a really negative thing to say about a company, let's say that company had done something wrong and that, that article had lots and lots of you know, negative connotations and it's still linked through to the brand. Google would understand the words that would be used. So if, if it would be sort of used in a more negative light, the link wouldn't be as valuable essentially. So it's, it really understood like the relevance of everything around that link. Mm. And what that meant for us was we had to like suddenly make some very legitimate shifts, um, which was my career path essentially was I, I changed what we had with, was a link building team at the time into what we then called an outreach team where we would, you know, the only way that we would put links onto another website is by collaborating with them in a more legitimate way. So a more modern example of that would be if I, we had a, a motorcycle brand, I can probably say it now called JNS accessories. It had a few uh, branches across the UK and I sort of set up an interview 
process with lots of people who are influential and really into their biking. So I went out to like the Daily Mail and found some editors that were really, you know, passionate about their biking and some bloggers that were, and I interviewed all of them and got some of their views and pit them against each other and created this piece um, that was almost there as like a, a piece of controversy between lots of people who were passionate about the topic and then they all published that on their own sites and it got published in a few newspapers so it was like an, a new way of getting the company involved was us you know, bringing people together and people's opinions together and you know, uh, us being the the or jns accessories being the company who housed that and allowed it to happen yeah that sounds like a really interesting role to have especially like going out and meeting all these different people and trying to sort of bring them together so that you can uh, improve their business basically doesn't it it's like, it's like the whole point is is trying to drive more customers to their website yeah. and in turn sort of improve their their profit i guess mm -hmm. and it's fascinating to do at um, scale and... as well like because we had uh, so many clients and so many contact tax like at, at one point you almost felt that you knew every every blog and every magazine like in the uk mm. and like kind of knew someone at all of them so your sort of management of all of those people and the, the ways that each of them were motivated because everyone's got a different incentive um, especially editors versus someone that owns a website and wants to make money out of it like they've all got their own reasons for publishing an article and you know a mum blogger might have a very different reason to someone who needs to meet a financial target for their magazine so it was yeah an interesting process of understanding everyone's motives and then pitching your concept uh, in a way that they would resonate mm. yeah perfect so you're doing that and then what was the next step on your career path from from doing that job what did you decide to do yeah, next? yeah so i i spent a bit more time at the agency um, i set up another department specifically for local businesses we did a lot of local seo as well as uh, like national um so we, we managed people's google business listings and their listings on directories so i sort of set up a, a micro department of a couple of people to manage that for our local customers and at that point it was getting pretty intense we had lots and lots of clients i had two teams to manage and my next logical step if i were to stay there was to move into a more senior management role or i'd manage some of the managers to help them with their departments but i think at that point i, I was enjoyed the whole process the whole time it was a lot of hard work but i just got the feeling like you know the I, I'd kind of found what I wanted to be doing like I really enjoyed it and that sort of buried entrepreneurial spirit was always there so eventually I started to make some arrangements for me to step out um, of the agency and start my own business yeah and I guess you've built for the foundations haven't you and you know what you want to do now and you've got everything you need to be able to do it yourself but I'm sure like a lot of people I like that's a scary thing isn't it to to break away you, you've got a job you're getting your salary you're getting paid and you're going to sort of jump into the unknown where you're cutting all that off to start something yourself that must have been a moment where it's I, I, I don't know because I haven't done it more, I haven't done that myself so I'm just wondering what you go through what sort of emotions what sort of struggles if there's like you needed any sort of like financial capital to sort of kickstart yeah. it what what yeah, did you do? it was terrifying, <laughs> absolutely terrifying. And I'd just, uh, I just bought a house at the time. So then you've got like more and more of this responsibility building up um, and you know, more more at stake rather than sort of just being able to 
step out of the job and hope for the best so it was about a year of me like preparing i suppose like i started to in my journey in my part-time i built up a lot of contacts and people that i thought could be potential clients so yeah i started to realize okay if we had this person come on board as a client to my new business and agency then that would mean you know x in revenue and maybe this person would come on board and it was just a couple of local businesses to begin with and contacts that i had that kind of gave me a bit of confidence that if i just stepped off the ledge then there might be something waiting for me on the other side and eventually i had enough of those contacts that i thought you know this could sustain you know even if it was for a month or two months and then i had to step back and just find another job then you know i'd be willing to do that and i think that was the the main moment for me was i realized that actually like it wouldn't be the end of the world if it did fail like i, I could probably you know survive for a couple of months tried it and and then there's always a safety net of going back to you know the corporate world but it, it was terrifying like it's it scary especially when you've built up a career and you know a big portion of your life is working with all of these people and you've got a team of uh, people that rely on you like that was the scary bit for me is like i wanted to make sure that if i did leave it it was it was going to work <laughs> yeah definitely I, I think um as you said it's not something you can just go right tomorrow i'm going to set my business you like as you said like you'd you'd thought about it for a long time and you, you basically planned it out and gone right okay if x y and z are pulled off then this is going to be fine but if not actually at the end of the day i haven't lost anything from trying i can always go back into a, a similar kind of role so i think uh, the way it sounds like you did it it was really well thought out and you know you had sort of these fail safe things that you planned in as well just yeah, in definitely. case and there was there was a moment as well where because i had the chefing background so i'd, I'd spent lots of time uh, i went to america for a few months and it was a chef out there so I was, part of me like I, even though i knew it wasn't kind of uh, what i wanted to do career-wise i just loved the idea there was like this secret part of me was like if everything fails i can go back and work in the kitchen and have that like physical <laughs> dynamic so <laughs> but that never actually happened but uh, yeah i was kind of excited about like you know, if things did fail then there was another exciting alternative so you you made the leap decided right this is what i'm going to do how long did you like if it was it right i'm going to get an office straight away or did you kind of like set up at home first and how, like so how long from that moment deciding right i'm going to do this to you you've got a really uh, awesome office in the center of uh, leicester now uh, you've got employees how did you get to that yeah, point? Yeah, it was it was tough, um, but I, I I started out straight away. I, I, I knew this was probably the biggest difference I think that I've seen over the last few years of working with other creatives and you know freelancers versus agencies at different sizes. I think from the offset, I I knew that I was building an agency, like, and that's very different to wanting to leave and become freelance, and it even though what you do in terms of work is very similar when you both start like in my mind i was building the systems to allow someone else to come on board and help me with something and i wanted to build a, a team essentially um so i think i always had that vision and with that in mind like my first step out of the office i was like i'm gonna put a tiny bit of money on the table I'll, i rented a desk in a shared office um, just to make sure I had that accountability to get up in the morning and go to work, you know, at a usual schedule, uh, rather than stay in bed and <laughs> work from a laptop. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that sort of helped me stay accountable. And a lot of it just 
it just snowballed from there. I think I just didn't realize that when you dedicate your all to it, suddenly the amount of opportunities that appear, it'll just, they come so much faster because you're present and you're available and you're, you're actively talking to people. So um, I had maybe four clients at the time that I managed to get on board that I'd prepared uh, for when I left my job. And they knew people who knew people who knew people. So the more work we did for um, our existing clients, yeah, the more it built up. And eventually we got our own office space. And a couple of years later, I took the leap and took someone on board for full time. And yeah, just trying to grow through the motions now. Uh, that's great. So when you decided to take someone on, is that someone who has got like similar skill set to you? Or, or did you bring on some, someone who had skills that maybe you didn't have so much and you wanted to kind of balance that out how did you decide this other person that you wanted to bring on board and what they were going to bring to yeah, the table yeah it's, it's an interesting one and it's one that I sort of reflect on now and like you, you wonder what drove you to make the decision so I, I brought on someone who I thought shared the same sort of fire so I had, I had a lot of drive for growing the agency and I could have brought on someone with a bit of experience but I think I wanted someone that could share me in like the, that passion to really sort of get the ball rolling and do what needed to be done. And I had a friend that I knew actually from A-levels and parkour back in rugby called Adam. Uh, and you know, we've, we just stayed in touch ever since and always shared ideas on businesses and stuff like that. So it was the first thing that I thought of was like, right, here's one that, you know, I truly believe in that could help me to, build what we've got so yeah that was the first step just picking someone that I think shared the same drive that I had and I kind of just uh, expected that we'd learn we'd learn through the motions essentially yeah yeah no I remember Adam and so did he like after he'd finished school did he go to the same university too or was it just that you had that strong bond through the parkour thing that you kept in touch and and that's what sort of yeah, brought you yeah. back together. We, we sort of had went on slightly different paths. He was uh, um, he brought me he got me my first job as a chef <laughs> when I was at a level. Was he stayed in that industry through like uh, chefing, waitering, eventually becoming a supervisor and manager for various branches of Las Iguanas and all sorts. Uh, he went off to Nottingham University to do uh, computer science there. Uh, with I think there was a mix of business studies in involved in that too um so we went to very different universities and just sort of yeah stayed in touch um, throughout that period until an, an opportunity cropped us for us to work together um and then the rest sort of spiraled from there oh great so uh, you mentioned that he'd gone and do computer science so did he bring with him those sort of like coding developing mm -hmm. skills that maybe that because i know you'd sort of focus on the seo stuff and i don't know how much you got involved in that side but is that what he sort of could bring yeah, yeah definitely a very like an analytical mind understood uh, programming languages um, and some ones that I'd never even explored before so I think that was quite good and we were both quite new to that world really like you say I, I was my career was in very much like the, the marketing side of digital um, and it's only mm. through hobbying and um, projects to, to date that I've sort of got a lot more involved in the programming world. Um, but yeah, you're right. Adam had a lot more like uh, exposure to that than I did. I thought that it's great that obviously you'd known each other for a long time. So this is someone you could trust. So I think that's a 
that probably had a big weight in in your decision as well looking forward into the future what are your future aspirations for wise yeah, so our um, recent positioning was you know we've we done a lot of work for a lot of different companies when i first started in in hindsight i think i could have been clearer in strategy i think that's my i, I was so eager to go into the world of digital and start a business and start an agency um, and i didn't give myself sort of the time to figure out what type of work that i wanted us to do and i think that was learned over time um, and maybe a year ago we made the shift to decide we wanted to focus specifically on e-commerce businesses and mainly because they kind of spoke the same language as us most people in e-commerce have uh, a, a versed in like the world of online shopping and they they sort of get analytics and the importance of digital and so it sort of saves us on selling them on the concepts of why it's so important to be online that they already know that and it's just a case of us doing it well together so so the niche uh, was the important step for us um, and, and now it's sort of growing through that so our aim is to diversify the team so we've got a few different skill sets and start to essentially become the leading e-commerce agency in Leicester that's our, that's our goal right now that's awesome I'm just thinking if you could kind of like go back in time, is there any advice you'd give to yourself back then that you, you wish you'd kind of known when you started yeah, out? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I think the there's there's a balance, and I've always been someone that works very very hard and very sort of fast, and that's something that's I think uh, was useful to me in the early stages of my career. Like just I had a and eagerness for everything to be done right now. Um, and that still exists to a degree, but I think in hindsight, the knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it is so much more important because there's only so many hours in the day. So if, you know, me in the early days agreeing to take on a huge project um, that might not have, you know, might not have been ready for, or it might not have fit where we were going. Um, like those are the bigger decisions that I think it's always worth setting more and more time aside for like the strategy and sort of spending time knowing what you're building whether that's in your career or whether that's in a business but just really having clarity on what you're doing and why and that will help you make, to make better decisions as you go along and I think that's something that I'm learning more and more now um, especially as we're growing the team and I've got the ability to multiply my time a little bit more is I can really start to see the impact of strategy and its role in and how things play out that's really good advice obviously you said you've worked with low different clients loads of different projects are there any are there any of those projects that really stick out uh, that you're not really proud of uh yeah yeah for sure out? so i think there's there's definitely a couple that that and everyone's different i mean that's the best thing about working in agencies you see completely different teams of people so one client might work in a very different way to another um one exciting project that we're working on at the moment that we glad for us to share is a company called iris now these guys are a technology company um they're sort of part funded by the lead drummer of queen <laughs> and um they essentially <laughs> okay. um, are working on a way of reformatting audio essentially so like you you hear music and audio like it's being played live um, in a room rather than being sort of sent through and it's more compressed mp3 format so they sort of bring audio files to life and part of what uh, they're doing to deliver that to the consumer is uh, they've invented 
a set of headphones which essentially allows you to turn on what they call their iris mode um, and listen to music in this very different more immersive way so we've been involved in the build of their first e-commerce store and we get to work on them uh, with them on some very technical projects and in a with a company that's sort of as technically minded as we are um and very very driven so uh, yeah that's a really exciting one there. so you guys can check that out it's irislistenworld.com is uh, uh, the the project we're working on at the moment perfect i i can add that into the uh, the notes section on the on the podcast so people can check that out but that sounds really really interesting have you had to uh, have you actually tested out some of these headphones are they available have they got yeah like i'm, I'm waiting on some at the moment it's uh yeah it's um very high in demand it was launched on indiegogo um and just like instantly sold out and then there was another release and instantly sold out so it's quite exciting so we keep going through these batches of delivery so i'm i'm waiting on mine very soon <laughs> that sounds like more like an experience do you know what i mean like making it uh, feel like it's, it's really that sounds, it sounds great yeah so obviously from going through university and all of the stages you take is there any places where you've found really good a lot really good resource or things that have helped you along the way so i'm just thinking if there's anyone listening thinking oh, i'd really like to get into this industry i'd really like to know more about some of the things that you've spoken about where would you direct them to sort of invest their yep. time and yeah, 100%. I think these are valuable if you're someone who is interested in e-commerce as a job or as a potential business or as someone who's interested in joining a digital agency. I think these resources that I'll list are probably relevant to all of those people. Um, so the, the big ones that I'd start with as a base level, Google's Digital Garage, that sort of is, is the foundational, I think it's a free course from Google that will give you a bit of an idea of Google Analytics and Google Business and all of the products that you can use to uh, run your business and set it up and analyze it. And then they've got a lot of really good accreditations. So like the Google Analytics certificates, um, yeah, there's definitely a good place to start um, if you're looking at like marketing roles. And it's something that I'd look for as well. If, if we had an application come through and someone had done that, and I can see they're very aligned with the type of work that we're doing. And another one on our list is Code Academy, um, which is a, a place for you to learn programming languages, essentially. And you can start from the bottom up. It's essentially uh, like your Duolingo for uh, programming. So it makes it very easy to uh, yeah, learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and all the languages that we use to build websites. Just to pick up on the last thing you said there, so uh, you said about HTML, uh, CSS, and JavaScript, which are kind of like all of the sort of client-side programming languages. Are there any or uh, any other uh, programming languages which you might recommend for someone more? Yeah, more like yeah. The I mean, we, we work a lot in WordPress and WooCommerce, so um, yeah, PHP is is the biggest um, language on that side of things that we deal with. So that's yeah, another one that's also available in Code Academy too. Brilliant. And is Code Academy, is that a subscription-based thing? Do you like pay for courses? Uh, a, How yeah, does that work? A, a mix of both. So you can do entry level on all of those. I think you can start um, with the basics on all of those for free. And then they've got a couple of premium ones. Um, yeah, if you want to progress even further. Yeah, that, that's great. Tip. And I, I have used Code Academy myself. Um, and it is really, really useful, really easy. Because 
you just get the you know you get the sort of tutorials you get the instructions you can have a go yourself and it will kind of flag up where you might have gone wrong as well so really really good resource is there anything that kind of, i've not asked you yet that you think that would be useful oh, to share with the um, listeners yeah n- not really i suppose mainly from my my journey the like the the biggest thing that i've sort of enjoyed and has benefited to date is just exploring things like if you if you're interested in you know whether that's building websites or starting marketing there's always ways for you to start whether or not you're in that career at that moment in time there's always ways where you can create a little project and give something a go and um, you don't need all the tools to start but i think once you've started you can learn you know so much more i think just just experimenting not being afraid to try out different tools and projects as you go yeah, brilliant. And I guess as well, the, the thing about the, the, the industry is it's forever changing, isn't it? So it's not just like, yeah, you go away, you learn something and that's it. You, you've got it for life. It's it, This is an ongoing journey, isn't it? Just yeah. You're constantly learning new things. I think that's the joy about this sector where it's, it's forever changing. Uh, so you always you have to be slightly sort of ahead of the game a little bit so you don't get left behind. And I think that's, for me, I look at all this stuff and I enjoy the fact that I have to keep actually teaching myself new things. So I think if you're someone, if you're listening and you kind of enjoy learning new things, particularly to do with the digital world, then going into this kind of market might be might be a good career. Definitely. It's the problem uh, solving as well. I think that's the constant. Like you say, the, the digital world is like ever evolving. What I learned at uni is very different now. But um, I think one thing that you once you start on something and start working in it, you you start to get better at understanding problems and how things work together. Um, and that becomes the overall skill and that will help you to you know, learn whatever it is in programming that you might want to learn or learn how to make a marketing campaign more effective is just, just be, being involved in those. Yeah, it's just building that problem solving skill. Yeah, definitely. And now, I don't know, like when you were out of school, it was kind of IT courses, whereas now it's changed a bit and it's all computing and the options at GCSE is computer science. So it's definitely more down, sort of pushing more down that technical route and with the programming element and stuff. But essentially, it's, it is kind of, it's all about problem solving. And that skill, you can transfer into any industry, can't you? It's like, if you've developed your problem-solving skills, you're going to be yeah, fine yeah, whatever it. you do. Like, present me with a technical problem now that I know, know nothing about. I'll solve it a lot quicker than I would three years ago or four years ago, even if, you know, you know, I've never seen it before. It's just because you start to see patterns in sort of your own uh, way of deconstructing something. Like, you start to be like, okay, maybe I should you know, mm-hmm. understand the foundations of it before I start looking at the details of it or something like that. Just those little principles really start to stack up. Yeah. The other thing I really want to know is, like everything, there's advantages and disadvantages. So if you could just tell me, like, what would you say are the, the main advantages of, of having your own business and what are the, the, the disadvantages or, or maybe not disadvantages, but the things that maybe you wish weren't a part <laughs> yeah, yeah, of having your own business? Yeah, I, I think the, what you get is the... Uh, the biggest thing you get is, is you, you you're sort of the, the be all and end all of the decision so you, you have the ability to make 
all of the decisions, you don't feel bottlenecked by ex supervisor or manager and their opinion on what something should be. And that's sort of the, the very freeing part of that path is like, you've got that sort of master of your own destiny, but it comes at the biggest trade-off where everything stops with you. If there's a, you know, a big problem or someone's just, you know, something's cropped up, you need to be the one that solves it. Like it's ultimately your fault if something's gone wrong and, uh, somewhere down the chain, you're responsible for it because you built the chain. It's it's uh, you know, it makes you 100% responsible for the whole operation, and it's a lot more hard work. Like that's for sure. Like it's definitely hours and hours and hours in the evening, even now. Uh, but this is the price you pay, pay, I think, to have that additional freedom. Yeah, I don't want to speak for you, but just the the satisfaction of having your own thing and you being responsible—that's like yeah, that's yeah, that's an advantage as well. Freeing. And it's great just to see that as a, an achievement and something that you've sort of built. Built. Mm. Yeah, amazing. So, where can uh, listeners connect you online? Where how how do they get to your website? How do yeah, they find out sure. more information? So, yeah, where if you want to find to out about us, uh, we're at wise.co. So that's w y z e dot c o um and yeah probably the easiest way to reach me is for instagram at the moment so that's uh, joe reed pk good stuff yeah so i will um i'll pop all of those links and stuff that you've mentioned as well as your your website address and your instagram into the notes into the podcast so if anybody wants to uh, get in touch or ask you a question uh, they've got uh, your contact details there well this has been an amazing talk. It's been great to uh, hear how you've got on since leaving school, and you know, I'm uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with 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 what you've done and and the company you've built up. It sounds brilliant. And next time I'm uh, in Leicester City Centre and it's a week day, I'll, I'll yeah, give you a call. And I'll, I'll drop really, in. And really cool to catch up. Office. Thank you. All right. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I'm sure you're uh, you're busy and you've got loads of stuff. Um, to do so i appreciate no, you uh, appreciate taking the, the time out your day to uh, chat really, to me looking forward to hearing it nice one just going yeah, right. brilliant take care then Bye.